Level up your image magic skills with some Renaissance wizardry. My new class, The Magical Philosophy of Henry Cornelius Agrippa, is now available for streaming on demand. Dive into the mystical world of Henry Cornelius Agrippa with my lecture on the theory of divine light from his seminal work, Three Books of Occult Philosophy. Visit arnamancy.com slash stream to get started. This class sheds light on pivotal aspects of Agrippa's work and its lasting impact on the art of magic. Remember, that's arnamancy.com slash stream. Speak the charm of make charm of make charm of make charm of make There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy Podcast. The world is weirder than we know. Join your host, Reverend Eric, in his diverse array of amazing guests in an exploration of tarot, magic, the occult, and the history of Western esotericism. The Arnamancy Podcast exists thanks to the support of generous listeners like you. Please consider supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. Welcome back to the Arnamancy podcast. It is currently the end of the year 2023 CE, and I am here with my uh, favorite prognosticators, um, uh, who for some reason are geographically very close to each other and yet very far away from me. I don't know if this makes me safer or less safe, but <laughs> <laughs> but allow me to introduce uh, uh, T. Susan Chang. Uh, Susie, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi, Eric. Great to be back. Um, I am T. Susan Chang, as aforementioned, and uh, I write books about tarot mostly. I teach tarot. Um, I uh, make products relating mostly to tarot. And um, you can find most of my, um, most of my productions at tsusanchang.com. I think that's good. Okay. All right. And our other prognosticator, Andrew B. Watt. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm an astrologer and artist. I live in the Pioneer Valley Hill Towns uh, in the, at the northern end of the Appalachian Mountains in, northern, in uh, North America. My website is andrewbwatt.com, and I work as a consulting astrologer and artist working mostly in fabric. And as you said, Susie and I live a lot closer to one another than you live to either of us. Yeah, we kind of form a yod. We're both in conjunct to you and sextile to one another. (laughs) (laughs) And and the really elegant thing about that is that all of the predictions today will be coming from the meridian of Springfield in in Western Massachusetts. Well, I, I don't see why Springfield should be any less important than Greenwich. Right. Well, there's a Springfield in every state in the U.S., so 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Like we're so, coming to uh, you from some Springfield. It may not matter coming, much which one. <laughs> it might be the Simpsons Springfield, and it might not. So, uh, so we decided that this year we're going to have a three-part uh, series uh, because we're going to spend the first one looking back at our predictions for 2023. Uh, 2023 was a year in which lots of things happened, and and uh, we just want to see. We're we're fine tuning our um, prognostication powers by uh, by looking back, and so oh, yes. let's we're um, a finely honed machine. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, one of those switches that you flick the switch and the hand comes out and turns the switch off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's an interesting exercise because uh, you know divination as a science has been around since like the dawn of of humankind and um and it's definitely uh something of an art and a, and a weird and interpretive art so uh so this maybe will help us uh, looking back at our Absolutely. past successes and mistakes as we go forward so let's take a look at how everything went so last year um Andrew can you remind us of the technique that you used to uh to make your prediction for each month Sure. We took the the hour and mi- or sorry, we took the degree and minute of the sun's placement at midnight mm-hmm. on that aforementioned meridian of Springfield, and then and we generated 1st. twelve charts off of that January first chart. Okay, uh, to sort of determine what was going to happen in each uh, upcoming month of the vulgar year, as it's colloquially known. All right. There's a couple of side effects of that. The first of them is that the vulgar year is always ruled by by Venus, because when you reach midnight and the sun is in the fourth house, you're also going to have Libra in the the cross uh, or the, at the ascendant. Uh-huh. And the result is that you have a year in which the sun is always going to be roughly at 10 degrees Capricorn, and the ascendant is always going to be in Libra, so you have a a year in which Venus starts out at least as the queen of the year, if not both queen and prime minister. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. I like the idea that love is trying to bring us together as human beings and make us treat one another more nicely and with greater care and honesty and creativity. And... Uh, you know, other powers in the chart are intervening. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Well, we will look at how how that worked. Uh, and Susie, how that out. <laughs> what your technique was? Uh, you drew a card of the year, yes, and then a card for each month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Completely randomly shuffling as as usual. Yeah, with a lot less preparation and homework. Yeah, Andrew has to do the most homework for these episodes. It, it's, but then on the other hand, on the back end, I have to do a lot of editing. So I think it works out. Shoot. And, and you know, one of us definitely gets off by doing the least amount of work. I'm not sure which one of us. <laughs> Susie is the valedictorian who who do, never seems to do any homework at all. And we're the ones that are struggling to keep up. I mean, she did you know, make the spreadsheet. She, the spreadsheet is amazing. 
Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And I even applied okay. the Ray formula. Well, anyway, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, so the sword, the the card of the year last year was the Queen of Swords uh, reversed. Reversed, yes. Yes. And the Queen of Swords reversed is sort of like the Queen of Clubs in playing cards. I mean, sorry, the mm-hmm. Queen of Spades in playing cards. Very, um, the most deathly of the queens, the most feared and mm-hmm. in some cases revered, otherwise known as Black Maria. Uh, so, you know, Queen of Swords does have a, um, of the four queens, is the most hmm, doomy and goth. I mean, she is the most uh, deadly of them. And so we did talk about, um, I predicted there would be prominent women in the news, which is kind of a no-brainer. There always are. But also, death protests women's freedoms and rights. And um, and indeed, and- we did have a lot you know, of talk about mm-hmm. abortion referendums this, you know, and the Supreme Court this um, this year. So at least in this country, that turned out to be true. And of course, as in every year, there was plenty of death and destruction to go around, alas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the uh, the fall of uh, Roe v. Wade is a really, really big one um, that seemed to one, have yeah. rippling impact across our entire country. And I mean, let's face it, when we do our readings, we're mostly focused on United States stuff because that's where There's we live. A lot of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say that, like, just for that, that the Queen of Swords definitely would uh, would be a, a pretty strong indicator. That felt like a really big yeah. issue here in our country. Huge. It's also played a huge part in elections, but uh, off-year mm-hmm. elections, the, mm-hmm. the Democratic Party has been polling it at the voting booth at about plus eleven over what their usual performance is. And that has held true consistently across both Democratic and Republican-leaning districts, mm-hmm. that that Democrats have been doing 11% better than usual. Uh, and it, it has made the difference in a huge number of mayoral and state legislature and even national elections, you know, for seats in Congress, yeah. either... Uh, special elections for senators or special elections for representatives in the House. People mm-hmm. are very activated. Very. Yeah. yeah, it definitely feels that way. All right, so let's um, let's kind of uh, go through the months. Uh, we'll we'll try to zoom through them. I, I know that, that this is a huge challenge for all three of us. We really like to stop and, and talk about things for a long time. But but we can, I'm sure we can do this. I'm sure we can do this in the space of the of, of a of a normal episode. I'm almost, I have great sure confidence. Can. Yes. Do you have yes. a bell to keep us on track? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm remembering I used a bell last time and I, hold on, let's see, is this a bell? Yes, I do have a bell. That's a bell. bell. (laughs) So I do have a bell when it's time for us to move on to the next month. Um, So let's start off by talking about January. So, uh, Andrew, do you want to do you want to start? Like, how do you feel about your January predictions last year? I have to say, I don't I don't remember what I predicted for last year. But in Susie's Uh spreadsheet, she notes that the moon was conjunct Uranus at uh, in January's chart. Uh huh. And that the, and you the don't, mid-heaven... The second column is your prediction as well. Well, the prediction that I made was materiality, festivity, and luxury. Mm. And one of the things that 
that Susie pulled up in the spreadsheet was that Kevin McCarthy was elected Speaker of the House, but only after 15 ballots. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. So there was this enormous <laughs> amount of festivity on the part of Republicans. We finally control the House of Representatives, except that they couldn't quite get control of it because there was a whole lot more focus on the festivities that were actually in charge and not enough on the materiality of running the House of Representatives. I mean, keeping 435 people in line and making sure that business actually gets done, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole lot more concentration on festivity than on work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It kind of seemed like, like the House of Representatives, it really stopped being effective. Yeah. While. And and it was a yeah. party. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that was interesting is that there is no food and no cell phones and no extraneous behavior. I don't think you're even allowed to be reading a novel on the floor of the house because it suggests endorsement of the book that you're reading. But wow. uh, but the interesting thing is that you can't do any of that until you have an elected speaker because you need to pass the rules for the new Congress. Mm-hmm. And that's the second thing that gets done after you elect a speaker. So all sorts of people were, you know, reading books, waiting on the next set of procedures to be carried out. They were uh, checking their cell phones. Nobody had to wear jacket and tie. All mm, of the normal rules of decorum didn't exist because Congress hadn't been called into session yet. Uh-huh. And there was there was somebody who, on the Democratic side, I recall this story, was reading a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> and that that's kind of Very festival. Subtle. Normal rules are somewhat in abeyance. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. common courtesy yeah. and decorum are fine, but formal rules, no, we don't have those. And then, Susie, your card uh, for that month was the Two of Wands. Um, yeah, and, I, and predicted predict- an, I predicted an unseasonably warm January. I don't really note that that really uh, eventuated, especially, I mean, other than us all going through the catastrophe, the slow motion train wreck of global warning. Warming, yeah, it but, feels um, like every every month now they're reporting, uh, this was the warmest, you know, X on average. It's so yeah, I kind of feel like yeah. everything's but, always unseasonably you know, warm. In in retrospect, I think the Two of Wands is a pretty accurate description of the power struggles that were going on, you know, in January. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the very speaker battle that we were talking about could be uh could be could be seen as a two of wands kind of phenomenon it is known as the lord of dominion and it does mm-hmm. kick off the start of the zodiacal new year so we had this sort of delayed start to the session because of the the situation in, 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 with the speaker standoff so there was that and then i had tension between superpowers well that's kind of you know that's always true but um but i right. also think that like you know this visit that that at the time seemed like a big deal that that Biden visited the US Mexico border that seems like something that you might see reflected in the two of wands you know geopolitics mm-hmm. is sometimes something you see and uh, because you have this kingly figure holding a holding a globe the globe, globe yeah. In the, uh, yeah. In the card. yeah and he's standing on a wall isn't he Yes, that's a good point. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, and of course, it's, whenever you talk about US and Mexico you're talking about a wall. Yeah. 
All right. So, so there were definitely some connections. Maybe, you know, again, like all we can do is since we can't like literally see the future, all we can do is give suggestions to what the future might hold. But uh, yeah. All right. So I feel like January, we were off to a good start. Let's move on to uh, February. Um, So Andrew, the chart for February had uh, the sun and... It had Venus in Pisces, which is Venus's exaltation. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, And it's sort of beautiful things coming to light. And we had examples of this in both February and March, that a number of significant treasures were unearthed and beautiful things from ancient times reappeared on the world stage. I don't think this happened in February, but I... Mm -hmm read a story that one of the things that was discovered this past year was the the oldest structure uh, ever discovered built out of wood. Oh, wow. And apparently it's a house. I saw that. Uh-huh. And it's 475,000 years old. Let me repeat that. 475,000 years old. It's 10 times older. Half a million years. Yeah. And it probably wasn't built by Homo sapiens. It was probably built by, uh, I think they're the thinking that it's Heidelberg nope. man. Uh, wow. Homo Heidelbergensis. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow, that's cool. So there is this idea of ancient beautiful things coming to light and as a woodworker I'm just astonished uh-huh. that the the human genus, not even just our species, has been building buildings out of wood for half a million years. <laughs> that's insane. I don't I did not hear about that and that is I mean that's that's a staggering kind of discovery. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. The midheaven was in Capricorn at the at the time. So mm-hmm. there there's also a sense of difficult things or the use or abuse of people and as Susie notes in in the chart, we have Jimmy Carter entered hospice in February and we also had groups of police forces being disbanded after misbehavior on the parts of of the individual officers in them. And then, Susie, your card was death. Yes, and I think that, you know, the the the, the events that Andrew's been talking about really do mostly, you know, um, have uh, circumambulate the topic of meaningful deaths. I mean, like, you know, the, the terrible and brutal death of Tyree Nichols did lead to the disbanding of that police unit. And, um, and you know, Jimmy Carter, of course, entering hospice care, um, yeah. you know, sparked a conversation about his, uh, about his huge contribution to society in this country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think sometimes death is really an opportunity to celebrate the, a life that has been well lived and complete, which I think was certainly the case mm-hmm. in the, in, in, in the matter of Jimmy Carter, but, but also, you know, these death treasures found in the ruins, there are so many things that like, uh, so many of the instances of these unearthed treasures were basically funeral goods, you know, um, Mm -hmm. ways of sending off the dead in, in style. And, um, so that's, that's something I absolutely did not expect from the death card, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but But it uh, is an interesting, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's an interesting thing to keep in mind if we pull it again. 
too. Yes. yes. Yeah. And one of your notes was uh, a regime change, um, which is funny. I I think that the death card would have been pretty fitting in January to indicate. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that Kevin McCarthy getting elected Speaker of the House, would that that count as a regime change? I guess so. Sure, I think so. It took a a little while. It was a lingering Mm -hmm. death. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was all kinds of regime change in 2023. It just didn't really seem to center on February. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. March. That was, oh yeah, that, that, that was my Jupiter return month. Excellent. Andrew, your chart saw Venus and Jupiter both in Aries. Yeah. And the the specific guesses that I made around that had to do with practicality and household issues. Uh-huh. And there was definitely a lot of household upheaval in my family in March leading into April leading into May. Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt very personal on that front for me. Um but yeah. I don't think that I did a very good job of, of making quality predictions for other people. On yeah, the other I hand... Yeah, I mean, that's one of... Oh, I was about to say, that's one of the interesting things about being a diviner when you are mm-hmm. working with something of such broad scope. It can be hard to notice when a message might be for us individually. Yeah, right. I think that's... I think that's true. Uh, There's that story we were talking about before we hit record from Neil Gaiman, that one of his characters is a 100% accurate diviner from the 1600s. And for November 23rd, 1963, she predicts that a house collapses in King's Lynn in England. And she knows that her great-great-great-great-great-grandson is going to be in King's Lynn on that day. And so she's most concerned about the collapse of the house. But of course, it's the day that John F. Kennedy gets assassinated in Dallas. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't put Dallas in her uh, in her book of predictions. She mostly cares about making sure that her direct descendant is okay. Yeah. And she knows that in the long run, there isn't nuclear war ending the world in 1963. So she doesn't pay mm-hmm. it any more mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. So then Susie, you had the Ace of Pentacles that month. Right, which I I had predicted as sort of seed money, investments, market, you know, banking, commodity markets, earthquakes, things like that. Those were didn't seem to be um so much in the news, but the release of Chat GPT four does seem mm-hmm. a little bit Ace of Pentacles to me. I mean, in that, you know, Ace of Pentacles, yeah, Pentacles generally refer to man made things, you know, things that mm-hmm. are the works of our ingenious human brains, and mm-hmm. Aces, of course, to the beginnings of things. So, I mean, I do think that the release of Chat GPT four will be looked back upon in history as kind of the beginning of a revolution in the way that we interact with the machine. Yeah, and I think maybe on a slightly darker side, uh, you know, the Canadian wildfires that happened then uh, were also kind of a man-made thing because the forests that burned were carbon credit or carbon offset forests. Oh, I didn't know that. Which basically undoes all the carbon offset when your carbon offset forest goes up in smoke. Yeah, I mean, basically banking carbon, that's a very Ace of Pentacles thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And the other thing that uh, 
<laughs> well, there were a lot of advances in renewable energy, which were also offset by the Canadian wildfires. But um, mm -hmm. but the piece of good news that 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 I found in uh, the Good News Network was really right on target, which was that a gold disc was unearthed containing the oldest reference to Odin. <laughs> so if that's not an ace of pentacles, I honestly cannot tell you what is. <laughs> I think that might also be part of my Jupiter return. That's definitely it. Oh, yeah, Eric's clearly, Jupiter return. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. April. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about your April chart a little bit? Yeah, so the sun was at 19 degrees of Aries. We had Mars in Cancer, which is where it's in in fall or in exile. And then we also had Saturn trine Mars. Every single time that we've had a Saturn conjunction, we've had either a, a little mini outburst of plague. There was a couple of years ago, we had a conjunction that seemed to be connected with the uh, a, a brief outbreak of Ebola in West Africa. Oh, yeah. And then the trine is, again, sort of this suggestion of, of a close alliance with be, between the powers of, of death and decline and, uh, and the powers of, of conflict and fire and heat and inflammation. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I was trying to track whether or not there was a relationship between this and uh, peaks in the COVID cycle. And I don't know that there was necessarily a peak in the COVID cycle, but I definitely saw a lot more stories uh, about that time about long COVID. Like more and more doctors mm -hmm. seem to be in a position to acknowledge that that there is sort of some sort of long term problem arising from people who got COVID at the height of the pandemic and then their immune systems no longer work quite right. Hmm. In terms okay. of the predictions yeah. that I made at the time, though, I was talking about trouble in the home or arguments, and we there were certainly behind-the-scenes arguments in, within Congress, between the House and the Senate, and between Congress and the White House. And um, Senator Whitehouse from Rhode Island has also been picking a series of fights all year with uh, with the Supreme Court over their code of ethics mm -hmm. and uh, and finally got them to at least create a, a code of ethics by the end of the year whether or not it has any teeth is a is a different question but <laughs> yeah <Who's> <laughs> at least got it into that? place <laughs> and that was also uh wasn't that also sort of the beginning of the um Roe versus Wade stuff happening was that month It was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I would say that definitely would count as trouble in the home also Absolutely in in the big home you know our big home of the nation <laughs> the wide <laughs> home <laughs> So you really have a senator white house uh in Rhode Island yeah that's like one of those names where you you start your career in politics and really quickly you're like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to be president. <laughs> Who wants to have President White House in the White House? <laughs> yeah, too many people would think that it was a it was a made up name to create the appearance of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
Uh, and Susie, you had the Nine of Swords that yeah. month. I can uh, I can see some relationship there with some of the stuff Absolutely. that was going on in April. Absolutely. So my predictions were, I thought I'd expect to see mental health issues in the news and legislation, legislative issues in the news, which I think, you know, I mean mental health hard to say i mean we were all having a nervous breakdown but but that was mm-hmm. kind of all year um but legislation i think was certainly in the news i i think the sort of uh, internal strife in congress you know with the, mm-hmm. that was the month where the the senators from tennessee kind of uh were expelled out of the chamber mm-hmm. and then returned to office later so there was that the sort of you know that that bad feeling that those uh, unkind words that always seem to go with the Nine of Swords. But I I also predicted that writers and writing might be in the news. And that's a personal interpretation of the Nine of Swords, which I've seen over Mm -hmm. the years. But it turned out to be quite accurate. This is my my first really big hit, I think, because that was the month um, that, uh, that I think the writer's strike started. Um, Like, it was right after that. So... Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, it looks like the writer strike started in, in May, but in so you were you were super close like with that, right? Yeah. Right about to happen. Yeah, and it was clearly in the works at that point. So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I was surprised to see that. Well, speaking of May, May is the next month. Let's talk about that. There was a lot of stuff happened that uh, so that much. month, um, and we had uh, an eclipse on the fifth of May. Uh, we did indeed. An extremely discordian date. Yeah, that was the day they imminentized the eschaton, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your chart? Yeah, I was talking about prison healthcare being in the news. I looked for that just recently and didn't find that any information mm-hmm. about it. It doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. It just means that it didn't make publication. It didn't rise to the, a level of importance where it could be seen dearth of medical resources. I didn't hear about any shortages. I didn't find any evidence of that. I I have talked mm-hmm. to a number of people in the healthcare professions recently and it doesn't seem so much like there's a a dearth of of medical resources so much as there's a dearth of medical personnel. I've talked with a number yeah. of people who have said I you know, I'm I'm a nurse, but I no longer make myself available for hospital work. I prefer to work mm-hmm. in small doctors' offices and see relatively few people every day. Uh, although I do note that there have been a number of drugs that have been in the news as being unavailable. There's apparently a shortage yeah. of ADHD drugs, for example, mm-hmm. and Ozempic and Trulicity, which are for managing conditions sort of pre-diabetes also turn out to be great for weight loss. And as a result, those have been less available than usual, even for people mm-hmm. who genuinely need them. Like there's there's one group that's getting it prescribed for weight loss, and there's another group that needs it for insulin control, and they're not able to access these resources as much. And then, Susie, you had the King of Wands. Oh, yeah. Which... So this one was pretty on target, too. I said, um, I, I thought maybe Elon Musk would be in the news, but more shifts in CEOs and leaders, people who are visible and noisy for a living, and celebrities. Well, one of the celebrities 
uh, who was most notable in May was an actual king, King Charles III, yeah, yeah. who was <laughs> literally given his scepter, King of Wands, you know, in... Yeah, it was, was almost a little on the nose there, huh? <laughs> Very on the nose. Um, and uh, and Trump was also in the news, like, more than more than usual, uh, because he was found guilty in the E. Jean Carroll case, which was a big deal, mm-hmm. um, at least for us here in the States. The, in the good news department, I saw uh, this really interesting little tidbit about a, a skyscraper in Singapore that had been finalized, that had been completed, that contained 80,000 plants, which to me seemed like a very extreme expression of the, the sort of phallic ambitions of the King of Wands. <laughs> and then what's this other note in the spreadsheet dutchman starts hostel on rails well what does that mean a... <laughs> what dutchman I like, i'm tr- like trying to take a 10 word headline and condense it into four so um so i don't remember the name of the dutchman but um but i associate the king of wands with entrepreneurs generally right and uh-huh. and and the king of wands is also associated with sagittarius which has to do with travel so that was the connection i made in my mind he started Started this um, company, uh, which basically um, creates hostels, but they're on trains. So you know, so oh. you can like combine your URL pass or whatever with an actual accommodations on the on the train. I thought it was a pretty brilliant idea. I'm very king of one. Oh yeah, I mean it's totally uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, we're 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 moving along. The wait, you had the thing about the eclipse reminded me that the date of of Charles and Camilla's coronation was May sixth, mm-hmm. which was the day after the eclipse. Uh huh. I'm sort of clicking around and going to a chart of the of the eclipse, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that the eclipse was almost directly overhead the day before the coronation in London. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's not creepy at all. No, it's not creepy. <laughs> that's but, a really <laughs> common signature, I think, eclipse signature to, to mark the, you know, big events in the lives of kings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those traditional things that if there's a cl- an eclipse, it signifies the death of the monarch, or it signifies a change in status of the monarch at the very least. There's a story from ancient Samaria, for example, that the king is so worried about the upcoming eclipse that he puts a substitute on the throne, has has the substitute yeah. go through all of the coronation rituals, <laughs> installs him as king, and goes and hides out in some other part of the palace until the eclipse is over. And there's an earthquake, and that part of the palace collapses, <laughs> kills the, the quote-unquote real king, and the fake king <laughs> winds up going on to rule for 34 years. So <laughs> I remember that story from a book I read in like fifth or sixth grade and uh, yeah, fan- fantastic little story about daily life in the ancient world or something like that. Fate loves it when you try to evade. <laughs> evade yeah, death. yeah. Okay, June. June, in which the note, the note in the spreadsheet, Venus is off duty. Venus is <laughs> yeah, off sorry. duty. Sorry, Andrew. I, I, I was really concentrating on what I said, and I only sort of, you know, uh, did a sketch of whatever your, your, your notes No, that's were. quite all right. But yeah, like Venus is the, is the creative, energetic 
uh, connective tissue. She's the she's the one who brings things together and assembles and builds up and and connects and joins. Uh, you know, in in magic chains to bind through mad desire, says the Orphic hymn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so many things that are supposed to really stay together came apart. This was the month of the Titan submersible disaster. Uh, it was, it was the month in which the Wagner group, which is this mercenary company within the, uh, within the Russian military sphere rebelled against central authority and said, no, we're not going to do what you tell us to do. We're going to march on Moscow instead. Mm-hmm. And we also had a run-in with the debt ceiling crisis. So we had a lot of things that are supposed to stay together come apart during the month when Venus actually had the least amount of control and the least amount of say or sway in the sky, despite being the ruler of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the Privy Council maneuvered around her and said, no, 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 your majesty, we're not going to do what you tell us to do this month. We're going to do something else. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the Privy Council is a bunch of very dumb fellows who don't, who should have listened to what the queen told them to do. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, Susie, your card for the year was the King of Pentacles. Yeah, and uh, so apparently I said that material expenditures would be in the news, which I think is a pretty clear call out to the debt ceiling crisis, the first of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're kind of a rolling blackout in this country. The other King of Pentacles thing that I I saw was really the Wagner mutiny as as well. I thought that, uh, you know, King of um, Pentacles could very well be, you know, Prigozhin at the head of his army of tanks <laughs> dancing mm-hmm. on on, um, on Moscow. So um, the other thing that was kind of interesting in in, in less dire mood uh, news was the um, there seemed to be a lot of stories of de-extinction that. Um, extinction in june yeah meaning that like like uh species that were on the brink of extinction there were like three stories in the good news network about species that were on the brink of extinction being brought back and you know the king of pentacles is among other things sort of the sovereign of all of the sort of um diverse species and um, and forms of life and matter on Earth. So, so I thought that could be, you know, and as well as sort of a, um, because of his place in the year, he stands in the sort of crossover from Virgo to Libra. I think of him as being, you know, in charge of uh, the continuation of the species. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, he sort of makes sure there's enough food in the granary when winter's coming. So, yeah, um, so I that. I really appreciate that you uh, that you went to the Good News Network to get us some good news. <laughs> we have to have something, you know. I mean, yeah. every year is a tire fire. Otherwise, so mm-hmm. with regard to that idea of the King of Pentacles possibly being Prigozhin of the of the Wagner Group, the previous month we had the King of Wands, which is associated right. with fire, uh-huh. and this is the King of Earth, and. It's interesting that the thing that wound up tripping up the the Wagner group's march on Moscow was that 
somebody shot down a a, a Russian jet fighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 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 different branches of the service in the United States are rivals with one another. Army hates Navy. Uh, everybody hates the Air Force, and everybody picks on the Coast Guard. And yet in Russia, apparently the the pilots are the elite of the elite, and bringing down a Russian plane by Russian forces just apparently meant that nobody felt comfortable pushing on to Moscow because they would ha- they would have to go up against the the elite that they genuinely needed to have on their side and that mm-hmm. like he was king of earth but he couldn't master the air and he didn't have mm. control of the air powers so hmm. that was one of the things that may have doomed the the Wagner efforts to to change the story in in Russia I like that a lot, given that air is the elemental opposite of Earth, and that that's basically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what stopped them. That's that's fascinating. All right. Now that we've made it halfway through the year, we're going to um, pause for a message from our sponsors, which in this case is is us. But, you know, I'll... I'll... <laughs> so. Learn how to memorize the meanings of every tarot card using the secrets of the art of memory. Learn how to use Giordano Bruno's memory seals to read and interpret both the major and minor arcana. You've heard me talk about it before, and now you can do it yourself. Take my two-part course on tarot and the art of memory at arnamancy.com slash memory. And we're back. (laughs) So... July. On to July. Uh, Andrew, you... uh, This was a big month. We had a lot of stuff happen uh, in July. Um, Let's see... Let's see where where we went. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about your your, uh, relevant transits? So we had Mars in Leo 3, and we had the Moon in Sagittarius. We're we're referenced... In our notes here, there's reference to Heracles in women's clothing, which is Cancer 2. Mm-hmm. And... uh, and I think that our, I think the sun was in Cancer too for this. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is related to PTSD. It's related to the Me Too movement. I was talking about various trips and accidents, but also having some breathing room. And yet there was a huge amount of stuff this month that had nothing to do with breathing room at all. Um, the mm-hmm. student loan forgiveness program from the Biden administration was announced 39 40 billion dollars. Oh, that's breathing room. And it felt like breathing room except that immediately several states sued to say you can't do that. Right. Yeah. And it was it's really peculiar. Like why wouldn't you want to arrange for this kind of loan forgiveness? Because you know the the rule has been clear since at least biblical times it's been written down since at least biblical times that debts that can't be forgiven won't be paid like they're they if mm-hmm. they if the debt can't be paid it won't be mm-hmm. and sooner or later it becomes enough of a drag on the economy that the economy falters <laughs> right right yeah uh because you cannot make infinite debt payments and you can always bail out the banks, though. You you can always banks bail Obama. out the banks, but <laughs> but you have a limited window for forgiving the debts of yeah of the of the the originators of the loan, and mm-hmm. uh and they're 
their gratefulness can only last so long. And my stepdaughter and her friends have gone back and forth literally for the last six months about wondering whether or not their debts need to be continued or not. Um, my yeah. sister-in-law has paperwork that says that for a period of time this year, she owed $0 on her loan, and then it jumped back up to $40,000, and then it was $20,000. And like all sorts of yeah. people are trying to to play this game, and there's mm-hmm. going to be the th- a huge amount of paperwork around this. <laughs> The thing that really sucks about it, you know, I was, I was about to make a comment that, uh, you know, the three of us are sort of at an age where luckily we don't really have to worry about student loan debt. But then I'm remembering my younger brother still has student loan debt. Uh, I have people just a few years younger than me who are worried about it. And a lot of uh, uh, adults who are our age have uh, college kids who uh, have student loan debt to worry about. And it's it's one of those those things that's that's hitting like uh every generation under the boomers that and yeah. you know it's it's going to it's going to keep hurting us that's that's uh yeah so any breathing room is good there was also a lot of uh uh abortion stuff in the news and transgender stuff in the news which might tie into um Heracles sort and of women's the, clothing uh, Heracles perhaps. and women's clothing mm, picture right. yeah yeah right. This was also the month that Twitter turned into shitter. So, oh, is that how you pronounce uh, X? Y- yeah, yeah. It, you use the, the, the Chinese pronunciation. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was sometime at the end of July where I was like drinking my tea one morning and um, noticed that the icon for Twitter on my phone had changed into the X. And I was like, nope. That's it. And I just got off. I just stopped using Twitter. I was like, this is it. I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. And then, Susie, your card for the month was. Seven of Cups. <laughs> was the Seven of Cups. But I was reading your, your good news headline for this month is Grief Disco Kiosk Launched Landfill Turned into Mangrove Forest. How does one of those lead into the other? <laughs> I just forgot how to do alt enter. They're not they're not the same news. <laughs> but uh, okay, so seven of cups is a really interesting card, um, and it has a lot of different expressions. But the one that I sort of focused on in the prediction was artistic expression in the news and text to image generators in the news, but especially artistic expression in the news. And this is. The month when the SAG-AFTRA strike started. So all of the actors went on strike. And I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also mentioned substance abuse and the legalization of psychedelics, neither of which I really think really made it into the news. However, the things that did make it into the news do strike me as being quite seven of cupsy. So besides the SAG-AFTRA strike, um, there was the, um, (laughs) the, 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 the suit in Texas about the barrier that was placed in the Rio Grande in the Rio Grande, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, which the the kind of gung-ho uh, state troopers or Border Patrol did there. And if you look mm-hmm. at the Seven of Cups, it's a watery card, and there's like all this stuff coming up out of the water in there. So, mm-hmm. so I saw that as being kind of a literal expression of the barrier in the Rio Grande. Um, and, and there's... Uh, 
you know, grief disco kiosk. Yeah, that that just that phrase really, really <laughs> struck me. It's just, you know, the Seven of Cups is Venus and Scorpio, right? So it's Venus in her fall, you know, mm-hmm. um, both discoing but not happy about it. Um, and uh, and then the landfill turning into the mangrove forest. Well, the the Seven of Cups has this very like it's Venusian, but it's but it's a thonic sewer based like shit into gold kind of you know uh, Venus. Although it can also be the other way around, right? Like there's an element of the Seven of Cups where there's uh, there's like the unknown. You have all of these known mm-hmm. paths that can lead to good or evil, and then there's the veiled path where you're sort of like, nope, I'll take this unknown one. Like let's see, <laughs> let's see what's behind door number seven. It's As very if that shadowy. could be something. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, and I think Twitter becoming X sort of fits into that sort oh, of yeah. like uh, becoming uh, Elon sure. Musk being like, let's go see what's behind door number seven. And you're like, oh, look at this. It's the worst door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was like. That was, all right. That I was think that, that was. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to August, the uh, the sweatiest month. Um we had more fires. It was it was fires everywhere. Uh, Andrew, what did what did your chart look like? So we had Venus in Leo, and you know it's it's the beautiful fire, mm-hmm. uh, or the fire in in beautiful country. Uh, I have been on Maui, and seeing pictures was was devastating. I mean, I've walked on that mm-hmm. main street, and uh, the natives have have another name for the for the town that burned, but, uh, which is not complimentary and I won't say it on the air, but still. You're talking about Lahaina? Yeah. Oh, yes. But I also think it's interesting that the parts of the island which did not burn, uh, like Yao Valley, are, mm-hmm. are the places where there's a much, a much great, or, um, we also had Saturn on the Ascendant mm. uh, in August. And so we would expect a certain amount of perfection, but we would also expect boundaries and limitations. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there would be a whole lot of errands and responsibilities. I certainly had a lot of errands and responsibilities, but also fun in August. But this was also a month when Trump skipped the primary debates for the for the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And... And that's a kind of boundary. It's saying, I expect to be your nominee and I am not, this is not open to discussion. Like putting up a hand and saying, I am setting a boundary here. You will choose me regardless of what I say in a debate. I kind of, you know, I think that there's a, there's something really interesting and significant about that. Trump sort of uh, acted as the, the Saturn of the Republican Party, like the, like the grandpa who's in charge and was like, this is my rising. I am here. Nothing you can do will ever stop me. I'm going to eat all of you. And maybe oh, yeah. maybe I'll puke up Chris Christie later. <laughs> <laughs> As an amused You know, the omphalos of the Republican Party. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's an image I can't use. Susie, you also noted that this was the month that India landed some kind of of probe or something on the moon. They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the moon doing uh, in this chart? I was just about to look that up. 
I thought it was interesting. Yeah, they're the fourth country to have landed on the moon. And uh, and I think, you know, to me, I got the uh, Seven of Wands for August. And mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of rocket fuel in, in the Seven of Wands. So that didn't seem too surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. But my uh <laughs> my prediction You also this was you, right did, on you did you did predict Yeah. Yeah, you predicted wildfires, but I mean let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's it's right July. in the middle of fire season. <laughs> you could just say, you know what, probably wildfires <laughs> and you're but gonna be it right. Wasn't just, it wasn't just the season, it was the seven of wands, mm-hmm. which is a very hot card. You know, it's Mars it and is. Leo. So um yeah. so I think that was a pretty a pretty clear uh, indication of what was going to happen, unfortunately, in Maui. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, the um, I, I also connect the death of Prigozhin, his quote-unquote accidental death uh, in, in... He was assassinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly, <laughs> to Seven of Wands, because there's a rebellious spirit to Seven of Wands as well. You know, so kind of underscoring what he tried to do you know, when Trump was skipping the uh, Republican primary debate, were there six people on the stage at that point? Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I, um, and Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, um, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. How many is that? That's four. That's four so, so far. It, but I feel like there might have been, there were a couple more at that point. It, I, it, it's, I think there were six. Down yet. I just mention it because... Uh, because Tara loves to count, and it's very possible that there were either six or seven candidates on the stage, and you know, seven of wands. Mm-hmm. But I think six with you know with the the with seven Trump of wands missing. is a very one versus six card. So with Trump being mm-hmm. one versus the six candidates, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah. Did you did you find the moon? I did, Andrew, and it's interesting because the moon is in the third decan of Aquarius. And that third decan of Aquarius is called the knot in the system of naming conventions that Austin Kopic came up with. And it's associated with the idea of loosing or unbreaking or unleashing powers that before were constrained or limited. Uh, it's associated with mm. the story of the Gordian knot that a- Alexander the Great, quote unquote, untied. Untied by, you mm-hmm. know, shoving his sword through it and, you know, shoveling it around a little bit. <laughs> well, then it's interesting. It it could indicate perhaps that uh, India landing on the moon it was um, an important catalyst for uh, undoing the, the knot of inaction, which has prevented us from doing cool moon stuff for so long. Yeah, there oh, does seem nice. to be a lot like more that. interest in going back to the moon. The Chinese have landed a couple of probes on the moon as well, and they are developing mm-hmm. the plans for a, a manned mission to the moon. And I think it's also kicked the U.S. into gear around that. Yeah, I, I've heard that we're going to put a strip mall there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is thing to do. What's the, what's the minimum wage for flipping burgers at the McDonald's on the moon? Well, it's only going to be one-sixth of the minimum wage here because the burgers fall so slowly. All right, on to, on to our uh, hot, steamy, muddy disaster of a September. Um oh, uh, Andrew, it looks like we might have had a combust mercury that that uh, September. We did have a combust mercury, and so there was a whole lot of sense of 
of the experts being in the wrong. There was all a sense of having to fall back on local communication and local problem solving. It was also the month of of sort of making plans to go back to school. Like a lot of schools were mm-hmm. really starting up without any hybrid plans whatsoever this year for the first time, from what I hear. Like mm-hmm. before this, there was sort of an assumption that if you were sick, you were really supposed to stay home. I I don't know about where you are, but around here, the schools were making a big deal that you you should just come to school, regardless of how you feel. They wanted you in school. Yeah, I mean, sick kids is sort of just the school experience, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as horrible as it is. In terms of sort of local communication and local problem solving, there was... I, uh, that mud disaster out at Burning Man, mm-hmm. where essentially the festival got canceled three quarters of the way through, or not even a, three quarters, a quarter of the way through on account of weather. They called out the National Guard to help people get out. And as near as I can tell, it was this real environmental disaster in terms of people just having to abandon their stuff be- because they didn't have any way of getting this stuff out of the mud. There were mm-hmm. floods in Libya. Uh, essentially, the civil war there has left a lot of debilitated infrastructure and architecture, and nobody is really maintaining stuff because it's really hard to maintain infrastructure in the middle of a civil war. So we had a whole lot of communities around the world that were falling back on what is available right here, right now, and not... Mm-hmm being able to get a whole lot of outside help. Um, The stories about the Moroccan earthquake and these floods in Libya meant they were in the news very briefly, but there's been so much else going on that it sort of dropped off the radar almost as soon as it happened. There wasn't a, a, a nationwide effort to gather relief for either place, and nobody mm-hmm. was making expectations that they were going to be able to get aid into those countries anyway yeah it was a it was a tough month so Susie, you're you had the three of swords a, a delightful card by oh, the way yeah, very indeed. very I mean, cheery <laughs> i mean all months according to the news are disastery but september was extra di- disastery and i think the three of swords really spoke mm-hmm. to that and i i think my predictions were pretty on target for this one i suggested rain and hurricanes because of the rain and the three of swords mm-hmm. not a wet card elementally but clearly from the picture and I found that that tends to be true. And I also mentioned contract renegotiation because I associate the mm-hmm. Three of Swords with contracts. And this was indeed the month when the writer's strike ended. So, you know, mm-hmm. amazingly enough, uh, you know, the rain, of course, you know, um, contributed to the the mud at Burning Man and the floods in Libya, clearly. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's what I saw as far as the Three of Swords was concerned. I mean, I think just the sheer amount of natural disaster misery was appropriate for the Lord of Sorrow. And I don't mean to uh, state the obvious, but of course, it was the hottest September on record. <laughs> that it was. That it was. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm shocked by this one. I think we'll be saying that again next year. Okay, October. <laughs> I know it's going to happen every year. Yeah, don't need. I mean, I feel like that. right now in Oregon we're probably having the hottest December on record. So October, another uh, busy and 
politically upsetted upset month with an eclipse. Another eclipse. The annular eclipse. Indeed. Yeah, that was a uh, solar eclipse, and it was. Um, it looked really. I got to see it a little bit uh, here. It was. It was cloudy that day, but I did get to get a glimpse of the blazing crescent sun. Uh, Andrew, what do you got on your chart for that month? I spoke about the challenges of of grain and a border crisis. It's certainly worth noting mm-hmm. that that the deal between Russia and Ukraine over grain exports through the Black Sea and through the Bosporus Mm -hmm. was on again, off again, on again, off again, all through September, October, November. And at the moment, as far as I'm aware, it's open largely because the Russians don't have the resources to maintain the embargo that they tried to create. Well, that's good. Yeah. That grain is important. Um. So that was that was sort of one thing. It, it's kind of interesting how much the news about the the Ukrainian uh, war has dropped off the radar since the whole business in Gaza began, mm-hmm. and uh, and Congress what was all very concerned about the Ukrainian war right up until the Israel Hamas conflict began. In I think October, yeah, yeah, October seventh, yeah. yeah, October seventh. The other thing is that this the second eclipse, or not the second eclipse, but the solar eclipse in October, mm-hmm. aligns with another eclipse in twenty twenty four, and both of them cross over the same region in, in Texas. Their path aligns on a section of the Texas border, and it. And both mm-hmm. eclipses, I believe, pass over Austin, Texas, which is the capital. Yeah, so people might want to get out. <laughs> well, people people might want to get Austin. out. But remember what we said about King Charles earlier in this episode, mm-hmm. which is that eclipses usually signify a change in rulership. They signify a, a challenge to patterns of rulership. And, mm. you know, we have, we have a presidential election coming up in the fall. A change in rulership in Texas would be a seismic event for the United States. Right. True. And we have two eclipses passing over Texas and Texas capital and a precipitating Mm -hmm. event predicted on the border as a result of the solar eclipse this year and the solar eclipse next year, both aligning over Texas and their paths crossing and saying X marks the spot. (laughs) And that's in... um... April, right? Yes, that that's the uh, April one, which is going to be sort of at the height of primary season next year. <laughs> well, we will definitely talk about that in our in our looking ahead episode uh, for sure. I'm I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, and then, uh, well, I, actually, this seems pretty good. Uh, the card for this month was the Tower, tarot Susie. Good. I, I feel like tarot you good. <laughs> yeah, or tarot good. good. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah there were right, a couple things right on target. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. well, between. Andrew talking about the eclipses and then me getting the tower, Mm -hmm. I thought it was fair to go big with this prediction. And I said that events would be coming to a head. We would be expecting martial activity, for example, insurrections, wars, arms deals, 
military activity pretty likely <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and alas that was all too true with the um with the Hamas invasion starting in on October 7th and then of course the massive retaliation that followed that um there were also you know a lot of other things of course Gaza dominated the news and I do think that's mm-hmm. what the tower is primarily referred to but we also saw toppling in other departments as well for example you know the right, house right. of speaker mccarthy yeah yeah know, and, and a, um, a horrible the, replacement coming in <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um the uh the uaw strike started that month as well seems like mm. it seems like a million years ago but but that's that's true uh it was it, two it was two months it was only two months ago no uh <laughs> in in less awful news um europe's first private rocket blasted off and that's pretty towery as well uh remember oh. that we also talked about rockets in july when we had seven of wands which is an, a sort of a marshal a smaller marshal card um and, mm-hmm. and uh oil discovery in guyana you know that mm-hmm. that seemed pretty pretty akin to marshal fuel and then oh, finally, the poor yeah, Guyanese. Which, <laughs> oh i know <laughs> i know that's like you know the, the gift they never wanted. But then I found this oddball piece of um, piece of news about a man surviving falling under a train by aligning himself between the railroad tracks. And to me, that seemed like, you know, the best kind of tower news you can have is where you don't die, basically. You know, there's a yeah. horrible accident, but you don't die. Some of those trains are two and two, three miles long. You know, it's. It's Can crazy to think I'm going to lie here while a train traveling at 15 miles an hour passes over me and and mm-hmm. I just have to lie here for the for the two and a half miles that it takes for this train to go by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that would be that would be terrifying. Absolutely. OK, we're almost done with the month. We, we've done a really good job. Look at this. It's, it's we're just barely over an hour of recording. I, we're on we're the home stretch here. Let's see how let's see how we did for November. Uh, so, Andrew, your November chart. We had Sun, Mars and Mercury all in Scorpio, too. So we had an alignment of military planning and communication and the sun shining in onto all sorts of military secrets and we saw the beginnings of what has turned into the the Israel Hamas conflict in Gaza strip but also it being mm-hmm. used for opportunistic attacks against arabic Palest- or palestinian communities in the west bank i don't i don't want to get into the too much into the nature of the conflict but there is rough civilian parity between Palestinians and Israelis in terms of total mm-hmm. population. Yeah. But the the Israelis have considerably more living room in terms of the amount of territory that they control, uh, and mm-hmm. Palestinian communities tend to be urban, densely packed, and uh, and population that is substantially poorer than the Israeli mm-hmm. forces that are up against them. So the idea of the focus on family or the threatening of stability, like we're seeing bits and pieces of the breakdown in world order. Lots of people are concerned. 
that there aren't going to be grain shipments coming out of Ukraine. Lots of people are concerned that the stability of the Middle East is being threatened. And here is the Screen Actors Guild bringing their strike to an end because they finally have a new contract. And it doesn't take the UAW all that much longer to stabilize their contract. People are going, oh, you know, in an unstable world, it's better to have workers on your side. And so we're seeing the the return of of new contracts that are favorable to the workers, I think. Okay, Susie, hanged man. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was interesting about the SAG-AFTRA strike ending, the UAW strike ending. I, I don't know if I really connect those with the hanged man so much as I think Venus's ingress into Libra that month. It was like Venus had a little, some good moments in November, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, what I predicted was um, an emphasis on values, what we prize beyond materialism, uh, faith, religion, spirituality, and of course, watery disasters. Uh, now, what it, it, it turned out to be not quite like that exactly. Um, the sort of... Mm -hmm. What happened was there were some very prominent deaths in this country, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the death of uh, of Henry Kissinger, of course, which was you That's know, sort of prominent for the entire many. world. He, he... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the death of Rosalind Carter, which was mourned by many. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so these figures, you know, Rosalind Carter in particular, I suppose you could see as a, you know, a martyr of faith in a way, you know, someone who's really sacrificed herself to to create mm -hmm. um to create change and progress in the world based on her faith um the um interestingly this was also the month that Sam Bankman-Fried was found guilty and that the mm -hmm. uh, head Sam Altman I think the head of OpenAI was ousted so, oh yeah he was uh kicked out and reinstated and reinstated like in briefly. 5 days you know it was crazy it was yeah. crazy time yeah but um, but this is interesting because the hangman often does single out these um, figures who become scapegoats for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. You know, the hanging by the foot was once a punishment for those who, you know, strayed outside conventional rules and and uh, and morality. I guess both the you know, regardless of how we feel about them, both SBF <laughs> and Sam Altman fit that category for yeah, sure yeah regardless yeah. of right exactly very different situations very different outcomes but but also both mm -hmm. in, in a sense um outliers all right now uh we are recording this in the middle of december so we haven't quite seen you know if there is any sort of christmas calamity or saturnalia something or other I was going to, there was going to be an alliteration there, but I apparently lacked, my vocabulary failed me. Andrew, in your chart, uh, Venus has returned once again to, to Libra uh, for, you know, 17 days ago. Yeah. In, <laughs> in the, my, in our notes from the spreadsheet, it's disconnect between friends and associates versus family. Like, you're mm -hmm. going to have trouble identifying who your real friends and allies are versus the people that you're formally related to. Wow, that's oh, kind yeah. of yeah. directly related to something that was just in the news, huh? Yeah, well, what are you seeing about that, Eric? The uh, hostages, hostages that were mistakenly killed. Yeah, yeah, hostages being mistakenly killed. 
So here's here's the case of Israeli hostages being held by Hamas, being killed by Israeli defense forces. Putin deciding to run again, I think, sort of falls into the same category. He's running again for for president, <laughs> and Surprise! okay, yeah, he's he's yeah, like he oh, is whoa, the Russian <laughs> for Russians, but um, is this is this the right combination? And several of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Several of the Israeli hostages that have have been released have said, you know, we were really nicely treated and kindly treated in uh, in Gaza in ways that we didn't really expect to be treated. Uh, and the final story about who are your friends versus who's who are you tied to by blood or or by the the ties of the covenant. The the Republicans were largely responsible for expelling George Santos from the House of Representatives. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as a result, narrowed their majority in the House from five seats and five votes to four, which is yeah. That's a that that was a funny. Um, I mean, Santos is a is an absolute clown of a of a of a politician, <laughs> um, and. I, I love the fact that the Republicans are finally like, no, 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 wait, wait, it is possible to go too far. Because I didn't think, I really didn't think that they had standards that that would include something like that. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed that the that the Republicans have actually shown a um, a tiny bit of uh, integrity. But I'm still not going to watch another one of their presidential debates. There, there was an interesting <laughs> video. There's this guy from. Uh... I think he's from North Carolina, who's probably the only member of Congress to have a TikTok account. Uh, and well, I mean, there's AOC. I'm sure. Yeah, she's but, got TikTok, yeah. doesn't she? But he's he's gotten on there and uh, and and he said, "I've you know, I have to explain my vote because Santos came up for a vote to expel twice, and he's." He successfully stayed in Congress the first time and got expelled on the second vote. But the first vote, Mm -hmm. this guy from North Carolina, even though he's a Democrat, said, I voted against expulsion because we have only expelled five members in the entire history of Congress. And always after they have been convicted of criminal behavior elsewhere in in the judiciary branch of the U.S. government. And it's it's not fair and it's not appropriate and it sets the wrong kind of precedent to expel this guy when we don't have any actual evidence that he's committed any crimes. There are all sorts of allegations, okay. but there's yeah, no that evidence. Yeah, sort of a, a call for due process. I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I can get behind it's that. It's a reasonable yeah. argument. And that's mm-hmm. the Venus and Libra energy, right? It's the energy that says mm-hmm. there actually has to be a balance. Crimes have to fit the... Or punishments have to fit the crime, and you have to have evidence of the crime before an appropriate punishment can be weighed out and and appropriately distributed. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was good that this guy came out and and said, "This is it's inappropriate to expel George Santos until at least the ethics report from the House Ethics Committee comes out, and we have actual evidence in our faces. We can't do it before." And that was uh, right. that was a good thing on on his part to say, even though mm-hmm. I'm a Democrat, I'm actually going to vote for this guy to stay in Congress for now because it's about due process and making sure that we don't set the wrong precedent. 
Makes sense. And then Susie, you had the Ace of Swords for this month. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting one. Um, I mean, and the the month still has you know two weeks to go, but um, I said that the Ace of Swords forces you to pick a side. Mm-hmm. That um, intellectual breakthroughs, great inventions, fusion energy, <laughs> fusion energy. I don't know where that came from. It definitely isn't showing up. But um, great inventions. <laughs> you know, the big medical breakthrough this month uh, does strike me as being quite ace of swords it's literally what's our medical breakthrough this month and they're using crispr to gene edit a treatment for sickle cell anemia right you know sickle being a a curved sword but also generally i think of ace of swords as being something of a like a needle a syringe you know Uh um, through which the treatment is delivered um so there's that that's kind of interesting um the uh, I I don't know I think of the s- expulsion of Santos as also being kind of uh, Ace of Swords material as well you know just because there's a it's a decision it's yeah it's a difficult decision and you have to make a choice but um, but mm-hmm. that kind of decisive action is very Ace of Swords is um, yeah yeah I think I could almost see that being I would be happier if that were a, like a Queen of Swords yeah though I think yeah I can understand that but, I can understand yeah. that. Uh, there's, um, presidents have generally been in the news. So besides pres, you know, Putin announcing that he's running again, which nobody you know, stopped the presses, but there's a new president in Poland. Uh, and also uh-huh. remember like last week, there was that whole flap over the Ivy league presidents. Um, you know, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 So that the was... Ace of Swords, you know, to me is it is sort of like the executive branch generally, you know, because it has mm-hmm. that power of I think of Ace of Wands as being more sort of celebrity power, but but Ace of Swords as being executive power in the sense that, you know, the sword mm-hmm. was a, a symbol of being the leader of of whatever organization. Yeah. So so yeah, I think that that Ace of Swords seems to be coming through so far. Uh, even though we've still got two weeks left in the year, it's it definitely seems to be um, showing up. That Ace of Swords is also the card that has the the cut laurel wreaths and olive branches, yes. right? So mm-hmm. it's it's sort of the failure of ceasefires, and we've had a whole series mm. of ceasefires that have come into being and then collapsed. And of course, we've had all these Ivy League presidents coming up on stage, and they're in in medieval art. Anyone who is a, a senior academician of some kind is usually depicted with the laurel wreath, and here's right. the sword stabbing away right. the laurel wreath and cutting it away, and and replacing it, if I recall correctly, with a crown. Right. Well, so, there's yeah, there's a crown and a laurel and a palm in the imagery. Okay. Yeah, palm wreath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there is kind of this idea of the temporary honors of being a uh, an Ivy League president being replaced, if you will, by by real authority, by l- the authority of of law and custom, and uh, you mm. you think you're a big deal because you're an Ivy League president, but wait till we summon you in front of Congress. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Also, you know, the Ace of Swords could be viewed as like. What they should have done, you know, it's like the Ace of Swords does not have a lot of nuance. And what got them in trouble was trying to be legalistic 
about the definition of freedom mm-hmm. of speech, you know, whereas, you know, what, what happened was that <laughs> at least Stefanik and, you know, no friend of mine, you know, lobbed, lobbed this question about, can you condemn genocide? And I mean, it's like, you know, you can be, you can be nuanced about that in your seminar room, right? But mm-hmm. not in front of a, but not in front of Congress. Congressional hearing. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, Ace right. of Swords, right. you know, words cut, words hurt, and you have to be careful. Yeah. With them. Yeah. Yeah. Time to, time to wrap things up. I have, I had a chance this summer. Part of my little light reading was to, uh, to read a book that was magical without being explicitly magical. I read Susie's book, A Spoonful of Promises, this summer. I even tried out some of the recipes in it. And it is one of the best cooking books of the year, I have to say. I read a lot of cookbooks myself and mostly baking Uh books, I have to admit. But this one was a delight from cover to cover. And I can't recommend it enough to... I can't recommend it really enough nice to, uh, to, to the audience here. Go check it out. There is magic in that book. Oh, well, I thank you. All right. You. Thank you. Since we are uh, the, the most liberal arts of liberal, liberal arts schools here amongst ourselves, um, uh, we are going, I'm going to, as, uh, as president of our, our little college, uh, allow you to assign your own grades to your performance uh, last year. <laughs> so... In this, uh, in, looking over this, I would like to hear um, what you think you did best, uh, what you think you're going to uh, try to improve or focus in on when we do our forecast for next year. Are we doing and a then I would like to give. You, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I would like to give yourself a, a grade. <laughs> so, uh, Susie, would you like to go first? Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> you know what I what I what I was reflecting upon as I was putting this together was that I should uh-huh. be you know I I tended to be more circumspect about using my personal definitions. I mean, in, in historically, I've been circumspect about using what I consider more personal definitions for the cards as opposed to ones that everybody would agree upon. And I and I learned this year mm-hmm. that that's pointless <laughs> because <laughs> my most accurate <laughs> predictions were for like my off the wall, like three of swords means rain, you know, <laughs> kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, for me, I think I feel like the uh, the the sort of personal predictions associated with you know correspondences I've come up with for myself for the cards are just as valid as the traditional ones. So so that's something I've learned. Yeah, I have to say that's been an experience that I've had with tarot. Also, as you get more familiar with the cards, you you start to to develop some of your own interpretations for them, and they seem to work better. Yeah, and I was like, you Sometimes. know, can I really do that for something that's a, you know, essentially mundane tarot, you know, for applying to the mm-hmm. whole world? But the cards are like, yeah, but you're the one reading them, hello. So, you know, mm-hmm. trust your language. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I I am going to be a little bit I think freer with at least sharing what I think personally the card might mean. As for my grade, I'm still not really happy with you know, with with the accuracy, I think I think I would give myself like a B minus, C plus, something like that. I'm not really happy with it. Even though there were some spectacular hits, but um, but mm-hmm. I there's room for improvement. 
All right. Okay. Okay. That sounds pretty fair. Uh, Andrew, how about you? I I have to agree with the B minus for myself. I I feel as though we can definitely do better. I'm not sure that I'm prepared to to alter my methodology too much, given that I've already done my homework for 2024. But I <laughs> mm-hmm. I may have to do some adjustments when it comes time to do 2025. I think that one of the difficulties that I'm having as I look at this is that I'm always centering my astrology based on my own hometown, which is right. a tiny town of less than a thousand people. And maybe it makes it tough to scale, it, doesn't it? It makes yeah. it a little tough to scale. And I wonder whether I would do better if if I were looking at the chart for the country or for Boston or for New York City or picking some mm-hmm. major location and judging around that. Austin. Sorry. Maybe Austin where the Austin where the eclipses cross. Yeah, Austin where the eclipses cross. <laughs> I think that in the long run, I may want to pull this in a much more deliberately mundane direction rather than mm-hmm. trying to just start from where I am. Mm. But I think that that's a longer term challenge and doing a little bit of experimentation around that and seeing whether that whether it makes sense to do that. Also, like Susie, I definitely feel like the personal interpretations that you come up with over the long haul that also applies in astrology as well. Like it, yeah. astrology has a lot to do with pattern recognition. The more charts you look at, the more mm-hmm. accurate you're able to get over time. And I, looking back at at the predictions of the the last couple of years, it feels very much like I am too vague when it comes to mundane charts. When I'm looking at a person mm. during a consultation. When I'm looking at their chart, it's much easier to make very specific predictions about their life and experiences. It's a lot harder to look at. Right. There's a context. And here Mm -hmm. you're sort of making wild stabs in the dark. Right. The parallel example is that the other day I lost my wallet. And I called up an astrology chart, a horary chart, for finding my wallet. But I already knew that there was a relatively limited number of places for me to have lost my wallet. And working through that chart, I was able to see that it was in a room high up in my house, Mm -hmm. that it was probably on the floor in a room high up in my house, and that it might be inside something, like it might be in the bottom drawer of a dresser, or it might be in a basket. And that's where it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be at the bottom of the laundry basket because I'd put my pants in the laundry basket and the wallet had fallen out of the pants into the bottom of the basket. Oh. But if I didn't know... Which is up on the top floor. Right. But if I didn't know that that the wallet was in the house, then it, then there were... Then the chart predicted that it could be in 16 or 17 different locations, and I would have gone on a wild goose chase. So mm-hmm. this it, it's helpful to have a few delimiting factors, even when you're looking at an astrology chart. And when we're doing a year-ahead episode, mm-hmm. there aren't all that many delimiting factors. 
And it just so happens that every year there's always something wildly unpredictable that happens at some point and you don't really know, you know, it's hard to look at a chart or a card and be like, oh, this is the crazy month. You right. you, you can't, it's it's very difficult to tell. I mean, Susie had, um, had the tower mm-hmm. uh, in 2023 for a really good month and there was a lot of crazy shit that happened that month. So yeah. that was cool that that worked out really well, but it's, it's, it's otherwise, you know, I mean, there's a chance that we will have a really crazy month next year, uh, but we won't pull any crazy. Susie might not pull a single crazy card the whole yeah. year. Yeah, we'll so see. That, yeah, that's, we'll see. I mean, I, one I thing can, I found I can is that, that even cards that look apparently benign, you know, the news is mm-hmm. it, 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 the news is always disastrous. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. So you know, even a, a card yeah. like Strength, for if example, it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. you know, if it's if it's Strength, it looks like a great card, but it's also very hot and like we got strength Mm -hmm. a while back for like drought or something like that you know i don't remember what year it Mm -hmm. was but so so i've also learned over the years not to be shy with the disaster predictions which (laughs) right i know you tease me about but (laughs) there's a reason there's a method to my madness (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh all right well so that uh that wraps up our our 2023 retrospective where we uh where we looked at our forecast from last year to see how we did and um and I hope you tune in, dear listener, listener out there. Uh, we will have part one of the 2024 forecast will be coming out probably tomorrow for you. <laughs> and there will be links in the show notes to uh, Susie's website and Andrew's website and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we, will, we will talk to you or we will talk into your ears soon. This has been another episode of the Arnamancy Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have been your host, Reverend Eric. You can find Arnamancy online at arnamancy.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the Arnamancy Project for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. Vanessa Irena, and I'm really excited to announce my new store, Sword and Scythe, where I'll be offering magical art, materia, and services beneath Mars and Saturn. You can visit the store at swordandscythe.com and be sure to sign up for the email list to receive early access to new releases.